Hey there, Christina Kay here. A few years ago, I drop-kicked my corporate career to pursue my true passions of writing books and helping my fellow authors do the same. And while I'm now an award-winning, best-selling author, veteran editor, and self-publishing coach to over 100 authors, once upon a time, I made all the same painful but super common mistakes that new writers make every single day. Now fast forward through all the tears, frustrations, and heartbreak, and today I teach authors worldwide how to write their best book ever and how to launch their successful writing careers. I started the Self-Publishing Success Podcast to give you easy-to-follow, actionable advice on becoming a successful indie author by letting you eavesdrop on coaching sessions with people just like you. Each episode, I pull back the curtain and you get to listen in as a fellow book writer shares their biggest struggle and I coach them and you through every step they must take to overcome, to succeed, and to become their own, you guessed it, book boss. So if you're an aspiring author, or even if you've published before, but you just aren't happy with the results that you got by going it alone, you're in the right place. Let's get started, shall we? Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the Self-Publishing Success Podcast a show dedicated to helping aspiring and struggling authors overcome their biggest challenges and successfully launch their books and their careers. I'm your host, Christina Kay. Not only am I the award-winning, best-selling author of seven published crime and suspense novels, I've been working behind the scenes in the publishing industry for over 13 years as an author coach and book editor. The purpose of this podcast is for you to have the opportunity to hear from other indie authors who have achieved success in self-publishing. And each week, you'll learn about one common issue we all struggle with, how my guest host overcame that obstacle, and how you can too. This week, I'm excited to have the chance to sit down with best-selling sci-fi and fantasy author Michael Laron. I first discovered Michael when browsing through YouTube, and he's been such a delightful person to talk to and get to know since then. Michael has made a name for himself on AuthorTube, where he not only talks about his awesome books, but provides tips on writing firsthand from his own experience. He will be the first to tell you that YouTube can be an amazing platform to find and connect with your readers, and he wants to share some of his experience with my listeners on this week's episode. Well, let's just bring Michael in and talk about how you can leverage YouTube to grow your visibility so that you too can find success in your own author career. Posting content on social media that isn't spammy or salesy, but instead entertains, informs, or educates your followers is the best way to increase your following and even increase your book sales. And I highly recommend that all authors use at least two to three social media apps, since every platform has a different type of user and different platforms. But if you're worried about how much time it will take to create all that content, boy, have I got a solution for you. All you have to do is create one video organically on your phone or your camera, not inside an app, Then post it instantly across all your social media accounts at once. And you can do that in just seconds with the amazing online tool, 
repurpose.io. It's this amazing tool that allows you to connect all your social media accounts, upload just one video or post, click a button, and instantly post it everywhere. And with the free trial you can get by simply clicking on the link in this week's show notes, you can get a free trial to test it out for yourself and see what all the hype is about. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Okay, this week I am super excited to have the chance to sit down with the amazing author and YouTube sensation, Michael Laron. So first and foremost, let's welcome Michael to the show. And am I saying your name correctly? Is it Laurent? Yes. Yep, you got it. Got it. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for sitting down with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Great to be here. Yes, it is. I cannot wait. We have a lot of fun on the show. So let's just dive right in. You write science fiction and fantasy, correct me if I'm wrong, and you feature underdogs, which I love that. I absolutely love that. And you say that your stories are hopelessly optimistic. Why don't you tell my listeners a bit more about the type of stories they can expect from author Michael Laron? Yeah, if you like quirky stories with underdogs, that is my my fiction MO to a T. I specialize in urban fantasy now, but I've written science fiction. I've written various genres of it, various genres of fantasy. And I like to write about underdogs because I'm an underdog myself. At least I like to think that I am. In my life, I've, I feel like I've always been the person that people don't immediately think is going to be successful, but eventually gets there. Yeah, and that's amazing. I like, I like that in a hero. I like I like heroes that you look at them at first glance and you're like, eh, I'm not really sure about this one. Really pull this I don't know off. if they're gonna make it. Yeah. You know, but then they but then they do. So I I, re- I just recently finished a series. It's called the Chicago Rat Shifter, and it's about a character who can shift into a rat. And when you think yeah. about shifters, uh-huh. you typically think about you know werewolves Wolves and chests yeah. and you know bears and lions and. Whatever else is on, on on the covers of books these days when you think of shifters, but you know, you know, what about rats? And so I thought that would be interesting. What would it be like to be a rat shifter? And what would it be like if you didn't want to be a rat shifter? Like you woke up one day and you got turned into a shifter, and you have to save the world, and you're a rat. And so huh. that, I just thought that was kind of fun. And that that's that. Fun. Tell me how. Yeah. A little bit about that. I didn't put this in your questions, but tell me how how does a rat save the world or whatever he's up to. I'm so interested by this. Yeah, well, you know, you, you lean into character tropes of people thinking rats are dirty and evil and they're not them. dirty and evil. And they're the best heroes come in small packages. That is the best way to describe how rats can save the world. <laughs> and I would guess he's just he's discounted and dismissed. So it's easy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, ah, absolutely. Well, I always tell my coaching clients that you should always remember your why, meaning why you became an author in the first place, as this can be super, super motivating. What is your why, if you don't mind me asking, and your reason for becoming an author in the first place? My why began in 2012. I was on a nice dinner with my wife and had a wonderful meal. And later that night, I fell ill with what I thought was food poisoning. And it was, and I went to the hospital. But lo and behold, I didn't leave the hospital for a month. So I, I'll spare you the, the gastrointestinal details. But <laughs> we'll I, use our I, imagination for that. I ended up in the hospital and something else happened and you know it went downhill from there. Oh, and and I was very close to expiring. And oh, um, yeah. I remember being on the hospital bed and just thinking, you know, what am I doing with my life, right? And yeah. I was working a dead-end job in insurance that I hated. I was getting yelled at all day on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I'd always wanted to be a writer, but I, I never had the courage to 
put myself out there. I mean, I, I had tried the shopping a novel to literary agents and I'd written some short stories and poetry, but I, I wasn't really that serious about it. Mm-hmm. And that got me to say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a writer and I don't care what happens. I'm going to bend the universe around myself to, to make it happen. And right around that time was when I discovered self-publishing. So mm-hmm. the Creative Pen and the Alliance of Independent Authors and all the resources that they provide. And I realized that, wow, this is totally different. It's a totally different world than the self-publishing that I thought of when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I jumped into it and I haven't looked back. And I've been fortunate that I've been pretty successful at it. And you have been. That's amazing. And and you're right. I do want to point out that it's, it's a great thing to kind of jump off of that you just said how self-publishing is not what it was even three years ago, let alone 2012, 2014. It was still back then very, not just stigma that's attached to it and very taboo, but it was also not as accessible, I don't think, as it is now. There weren't as many resources like the ones you mentioned, and it was harder. So, you seems like you started maybe even a little before that became so easy. So you must have, you must have had a little bit of a harder experience maybe in the beginning. But that's my next question. So right now you're a prolific best-selling author, doing awesome. But what was your experience like as a newbie author? Yeah, well, I should clarify that the self-publishing I was referring to when I was growing up was you paid tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to a company. You got a bunch of crappy books in your garage that no one would want to sell or no one would want to buy. <laughs> and, and so now that we have print on demand, that's that's mm-hmm. gone that's gone away. I mean, there are still those predatory types of companies right. out there, but that's, that's, that's your up. fault if you are doing that, right? So yeah. So when I started, yeah, it was very much in the very beginning of the what I like to call the advent of self-publishing as we know it. Because mm-hmm. publishing has always been around in mm-hmm. some form or fashion. But yeah, I, I would I would characterize my beginning experiences as an author as fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Fear in that I had no idea if I was going to be able to pull this off or if readers were even going to like what I had to write. Uncertainty meaning I had no idea how I was going to make any money. I mean, the first month I made $5.79. And that was because I bought my first book just so I could get the Amazon algorithms going. My mom bought the book. And my best friend bought the book. And it's so common though. People are gonna love hearing they're not the only ones that deal with that. Exactly, you know, and and doubt, meaning I I wasn't sure if I could do it. I wasn't sure if this was gonna happen for me. And I kept thinking, okay, I'm gonna publish this book. And if this book doesn't work, my career's over. Mm. And looking back on it, that was such a stupid thought to have. And I, I hate to use the word stupid, but that really was a stupid thought. And that's thought. how it feels now, right? I know what you that's mean. how it feels. And and the reason I say that is because as writers, there's no end to your career. Mm-hmm. Like a writer is somebody who writes. You can always publish a book, even if you have no money. You can still find ways to publish books on a shoestring. And so it's not like, you know, your local dry cleaner, or if they don't get enough people that come in the door, they have to shut their doors because they can't pay rent. We have no overhead expenses. But, you know, as a new author, I guess I had so much doubt and I didn't really understand all that stuff. I didn't understand business. I didn't understand marketing. And so a lot of the fear that I had looking back on it, I find was unwarranted. And if I had known that and had that clarity, I would realize that I was actually invincible. I could write whatever I wanted. I could put it out there. And if it failed, it failed. I could write the next thing. And you know, it, there's, there's really nothing to be afraid of as an author. And that's that's the message I try to give people. There's really nothing to be afraid of. No one is going to show up at your door 
you know, in a black beamer, you know, no government spooks are going to show take up. Take your books away from you. Take, yeah, you take, take you to jail, take you to a gulag, you know, and no one's going to show up to your house angry because of a book you wrote because it yeah. offended them or something like that. If yeah. you if you publish a book that nobody wants to buy, nobody's going to buy it. End of story. There you go. You know, it's so the best time true. to fail. <laughs> so well, I did a lot of failing early in my career. That's common. And that's what I was about to say. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was about to say it's so common. And where I'm so glad that you addressed what you just did. And we're about to get into the real essence of the show. But this is important because so many authors get to that level that you got to. They publish the book, they're excited, and then crickets. But guess what? They do. They give up at that stage. They say, oh, I give up. I guess I'm not good at it. Or, oh, this will never happen for me. And that's so sad to me. That is so sad to me because you are a shining example of what happens when you pivot, figure something better out, do something different, and keep going. Just don't give up. But that's a perfect example. I'm so glad you said that. I wish I could grab all these authors and gently ring them by the neck when they get to that phase of like, oh, my first book just flopped. So I guess I'm, I give up, I'm done. And it breaks my heart. But yeah, yeah, do what Michael did. Think about it that way. It's never too late. You're not going to lose anything. Just keep writing. Just keep writing. And if I may, you know, that fear, uncertainty and doubt, that's an occupational hazard. I don't know any writer that doesn't have those feelings and emotions. It's, it's, it's the other side of the, it's the other side of the creativity coin. Mm-hmm. We're blessed with this gift that we can share where we can come up with all this sorts of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. stories, characters, worlds that people can get lost in. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that coin is because our society doesn't always value artists, we have doubts about ourselves. And as soon as you understand that, then you can become a lot more powerful. You take back your autonomy. Well, as I said, we do have a point to this episode. I think you and I could probably talk that to death. But in this episode, we're going to talk about how indie authors can actually leverage YouTube specifically to draw in, connect with, and really hook the kind of readers that are specifically interested in their books. And I call this personification of that group our ideal reader avatar, which I kind of stole from general marketing. They say ideal reader customer, ideal customer avatar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, can you tell me what was that one moment in your career? Was it after that first book or when was it that you realized YouTube was a platform that you just had to tackle and that you could use to your advantage? Yeah, YouTube was a mistake for me. Yeah. It, 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 it was never anything that I said, you know what, I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to get a million subscribers and blah, blah. You know, I, there were tons of social media stuff out there. I mean, it was 2014. There was Facebook and Twitter and, you know, and there was always, there was seems like every week there was some new kid on the block for social right. media. And I followed the advice that everybody gave, which I think is bad advice looking back on it, that you need to be everywhere yeah. and you need to be everywhere all the time. And so I started a YouTube channel and I thought, well, you know, if anything, this will help me improve my public speaking. Because I tried to replicate the Apple commercials, like I had a white background and I had a, a pretty decent microphone. And so I was like, okay, I, I, if, if anything, I can make some YouTube videos, I can cut them together, and maybe that'll help me get a speaking engagement or something somewhere. And so I ended up doing a few videos and you know they were okay, well-received. And then I did a couple... I did a video on outlining, like how to outline your novel 10 ways. And that video... That video blew up. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I had all these subscribers coming in. And so then I started you know, playing around with doing other sorts of videos. And it just kind of happened by accident. And then I took advantage of the opportunity when I realized, hey, wait a minute, I'm actually kind of decent at this. And 
there's people that are showing up to watch me every week. And so that's really how YouTube started for me. And it was really more of an accident. And then I realized at that point that, hey, wait a minute, I have an opportunity here. And I think that a lot of things start that way. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there, I think that one of the more important things of being an author and just being in business in general is recognizing when good fortune happens and recognizing when you have an opportunity and being able to capitalize on it. And that's how YouTube started for you, if I'm understanding you correctly, was you didn't necessarily say, I'm going to be the next YouTube sensation in the author community. You just kind of happened upon it. But what's important from what you just said is you recognize that this was an opportunity. No matter that you stumbled upon it, you recognize, hey, I've got an opportunity here that I could actually leverage and I can use to draw in my readers. And that's the point. It's almost impossible to say, I am going to start a TikTok account and I'm going to be the next TikTok. You could say that all day long, (laughs) but it's almost impossible to intentionally make something happen like that. But sticking to it and then realizing, let's say you did do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the things, which I I agree with you. That's too much. But you did. And one of them, you start to see, hey, people are listening to me on this platform. That's where your energy goes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I made videos for probably nine months that nobody watched. Oh. And it was it was only uh, that nine month mark. You know, so I was willing to sit in a room and talk to a wall for nine months before I saw anything. And it was a year after that until I saw any kind of money from YouTube. Yeah. So there's definitely persistence is another thing. You know, just mm-hmm. because you start something and you, you don't get any traction, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. And that's so much people publish books and they think, oh, well, it has no value. Well, no, it could have just been that you were before your time, Mm -hmm. or it could have been that maybe there's something that you missed and from from a marketing perspective, but it may not have anything necessarily to do with the book itself. The book still has an intrinsic value. It's just very difficult to reach people Mm -hmm. on the internet sometimes. Yeah, as big as it is, that's almost the problem, is it is so big. It's it's like sometimes we feel like we're shouting into the void. So that's why it's important to really, like I talked about a minute ago, find who is actually looking for books like underdog science fiction, fantasy books that feature underdogs. You know who your audience is and we have to know our audience. And to your point about persisting, before we go to mid-roll for our sponsor, I want to say one quick thing and underpin that and that I always tell my followers. My mother always has these great pithy sayings, like all these great little golden rule type, what do you call them? Proverbs and whatnot. Maxims. Yeah. She always yeah. told me, oh, she's great. One of them she always told me was, if you give up now, then you're going to spend the rest, and it's not that unique, but you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering how far you could have gotten. Like you'll never know how far you could have gotten if you gave up at that point. And the only people who succeed, like Michael has, like many of the authors we've had on the show, the one thing y'all have in common is you didn't give up. You stuck to it. So that is a great point. I'm glad you raised that. We're going to take a quick, quick 30-second break and hear from our sponsor. And then we're going to talk some more YouTube. Looking for online courses for authors that you can actually afford? Well, did you know that Book Boss Academy, the same business that runs this podcast, also hosts several online mini courses for authors? Currently, you can enroll in courses like Build Your Author Brand, Set Up Your Author Website, and Find and Attract Your Ideal Readers. And we add one new course each week with tons more planned on topics to help you write and launch your book successfully. 
but I haven't even told you the best part yet. Not only is each course one that you can complete in under an hour each, but these courses are currently on sale for only $57. Each course also includes screenshots and video clips to clearly demonstrate each step of what I'm teaching you. And you'll also receive at least one workbook, tutorial, worksheet to help you work on each course's topic and put it into practice. But wait, it gets even better. If you use the coupon code BOOKBOSS10, that's BOOKBOSS10, when enrolling in any of my courses, now through the end of this month, you only pay $47 for each course. And there's no limit. You can use it on any course in which you enroll. To find my mini courses, simply hit the link in my show notes for this episode or visit bookbossacademy.com and click on the courses button and enroll there. Let's get back to the super informative interview now, shall we? All right, Michael, before the break, we talked about how and when you realized the importance of leveraging YouTube as an indie author. So what are some of the tips and tricks that you kind of learn naturally on your own or however you learn them so that you can share them with the fellow listening audience about their YouTube accounts, I'm getting tongue-tied, in an effective way to market themselves and their books? Basically, what can you share with my listeners that will help them with their YouTube accounts if that's the route they're trying to pursue? I would say that the YouTube best practices change every few years. So I can't give you any, you know, do this and you'll get a thousand subscribers. We all know the algorithms change on it. The algorithms change. But there were some things that I did early on looking back that made a big difference. And one of those things was making sure that I had a pretty decent audio setup. Mm. So when people watch a video, they can put up with, or they're willing to put up with, you know, so-so video quality. But if the audio quality is bad, they're, they're gone. They're, gone. they're they're just they're just gone. So investing in a podcast quality microphone like mm-hmm. Blue Yeti or something like that, I paid I think one hundred and twenty dollars for my my first Blue Yeti, and it made itself back. Yeah, you know, it earned the money back, and, it, and the microphone lasted me probably almost a decade. Oh, those things. And last. so Blue Yeti specifically, those last a long. They time. last forever. Yeah, they last a long time, and so that made a big difference in making sure that my content was engaging. Because even though my I didn't have a good camera at the time, I was shooting on my phone for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even though the phone quality wasn't that great, the audio quality made up for it. Mm. So that, I think, is the first thing. And that's, it's one of those subliminal things that people don't really realize that the audio quality is good, but they really re- recognize it when it's bad. It's not. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. True. So, you know, people are so focused on, okay, what, what do I need to make my video about? Mm. What do I need to put in the video? What do I put in the thumbnail? And all that's important. But you got to start with square one, and, and that is your your technique and how you shoot your videos. And so I have evolved that over the years. I've got you know a pretty good microphone setup now, pretty good camera setup. But I didn't start that way, you know. So build your content, build your equipment as you go. That's that's what I would say. Another thing that was helpful for me in in building an audience was listening to them. So there are a lot of YouTubers out there and you know they have the reasons for it but there are a lot of YouTubers out there that that stop paying attention to their comments after a certain yes. period of time where people will post and they'll say oh my gosh this video changed my life I love this blah 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 and the Respond. the creator is nowhere to be found <laughs> Right now, it's not fair to ask a creator to respond to every single if they comment. Have Five thousand comments, right? Who could do right, it? right? But 
One of the things that I've done is I've always taken the opportunity to reply to as many comments as I can. I don't reply to the jerks, of course, but you know, I listen to what people are saying because that's how that's how you can get ideas for videos. Yeah. So even if you don't have anybody in the beginning, listen to those comments that do come in, and that will help guide you in the right direction of what sorts of content you should create. That's amazing. Probably the second tip. And the third tip that I, I think is also vitally important is making sure that the first minute of your probably I actually I would say the first 10 seconds mm-hmm. of your video sells exactly what they're gonna get. Mm-hmm. You know, to, one of the things I used to do, I used to start with is I would start with these intros, you know, where people would put these intros together in After Effects. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice. What you'll notice is that a lot of modern YouTube creators, when I say modern within the last five, six years, right. they don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And the reason they don't do that is because the first 10 seconds are critical. Mm-hmm. So dispense with all of the intro stuff. Just tell them what they're gonna, what you're gonna talk about, tell them why it's important, tell them the benefits that they're gonna get, and almost spoil stuff up front. And give them a little bit of a teaser and then get right into it. So if you can do all of that within that first minute, your retention will improve and your likes will go up as well. Because there are a lot of creators that will... I watch a lot of YouTube, right? And that's another tip is to watch a lot of YouTube. I was going to say, if you didn't say... Gotta that, watch a, gotta watch a lot watch. of YouTube. But there, yeah. there are some creators that it takes them you know, a, a ton of time to get to the point. Right. You know? And right. if you get to the point right away, people respect that. And they will subscribe to your videos just for that alone. Yeah. And then also, you know, don't BS people. Yeah. That's another sure. important thing. Be authentic. Like I said, don't BS people. Don't scam people. Don't be too salesy. People don't like to be sold to. I've taken the so, opinion that I just talk about stuff I like, you know, and, and, I and sometimes you still, and you do, we know you do, you still sell yeah. books. And you're yeah, not absolutely. in your face about buy my book, buy my book. That doesn't work. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the recipro- law of reciprocity. Right. I, I give content freely. Yeah. I share based on my own experience, yeah. app tutorials, things like that. And if people like that, then they can choose to engage with me further if they want to. And I've been fortunate that uh, a lot of people choose to do that. So mm-hmm. the better your content is and you know, the better your sales funnels are and your website and your mailing list, make sure all that's optimized. Yeah. And YouTube becomes a generation engine. Mm-hmm. Every video you do becomes almost like a little employee. That's out there working for you. I did the math on my YouTube channel once. It was a few years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. I figured out that every minute of every day, somebody is watching one of my YouTube videos. That's awesome. Which is crazy, you know. And that's that's crazy, a really that's awesome. a cool thing. Yeah, and and there's videos out there that you know I did ten years ago, back in 2014, wow. that are still getting tons of views and tons of comments, and it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And I'm so happy for you. That is just amazing. And let's be honest, that's how I found you was YouTube. I mean, so it just, it, not that I'm anything, but that's how people are finding you because you found that that's what works for you and you went all in. And that's really, really important. And speaking of where you just mentioned, you know, how people are going to intrinsically be more inclined to maybe even buy your books, but definitely to follow you and pay attention if they like your content, if you're giving them value rather than buy my books, buy books on sale. To that end, once you've figured out YouTube and even with the changes in the algorithm and how to use it to your advantage as an author, I'm guessing you did see an uptick in your book sales. If that's true, when that finally happened and you became a bestseller at whatever point, how did your life change? How did Michael's life change when you became a bestselling author? Yeah, I mean, YouTube certainly played a part in that. 
it wasn't the only part, but certainly I think that my life changed in that I can do whatever I kind of want to do and I don't have to worry about it. Like if I want to publish 12 books a year, I can publish 12 books a year and I don't have to worry about the financial ramifications of that or, you know, the time aspect. I can do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And to me, that's complete freedom. So I enjoy that. And so when you get, when you achieve that, then you can really start doing things that you feel like matter to you. And that's what I want people to do earlier on is just write the books that, you know, you really love, Mm -hmm. write the stuff that fulfills you. And when the money comes, that's a beautiful thing. And you can leverage that when it comes. But I've been fortunate that I have just been writing what I want to write all along. And I've been doing videos that I wanted to do all along. And I'm just lucky that people tuned in. I honestly think I probably still would be doing the same things. I mean, I might be doing some things a little differently. But you know, I just be myself. And I, I don't write to market. I don't write to trend. I just write the stories I want to tell. And I think you'll be surprised. I think the hard thing is that people struggle to learn how to be themselves on the internet. Yes. So when I when I first started, you know, I was marketing... Uh, I was doing my first newsletters and stuff. And I was writing these long, stodgy letters. I didn't know anything about copywriting, right? And when I started my first YouTube videos, they were kind of stuffy. I was in a suit. I wore a suit and tie for my YouTube videos. And I was like, that's not who I am, you know? But, but you think that that's what you have to do. And slowly, you, you start to shed some of those things. And you learn how to communicate in the written word and how to communicate on a microphone or in front of a camera in a way that your true authentic self comes out. And I think that people need to learn how to do that. You learn how to do that, then when you are in a position where the money's not as, as big of an issue or you're, being, you're fortunate to be able to do whatever you want to do, then it pours gasoline on your, on your goals, on your ambitions, and anything that you want to do. I love that. And just to that point, I love what you said too about... You know, you just wrote what you wanted to write, what was truly on your heart. And I feel like, and I've always been anti-right to market. I just think that's baloney. Now you need to keep your readership in mind and what the market trends are for certain things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I love that idea. And I'm glad you said that because I want my listeners to know, and I've said before, that there is an audience for whatever type of book you're writing. You may think it's small. But small could still be a million people. You know, I mean, this is a seven, eight, nine billion people planet. There are people who are looking for science fiction, fantasy books about an underdog who transforms into a rat. And it works because there are people who want to read that. And you just got to find them. That's important. And YouTube can be a channel you can use to do that. So I'm so glad that we had you here to share your experience on how you used YouTube to find that audience and hone in on them and deliver what they're looking for. I have one last question. It's a two-parter and I'm kind of cheating. So what are you working on currently that you can tell us about? And then what can we expect from you next? Well, right now I'm working on the beginnings of a course on productivity for writers. Mm. And I know there's tons of courses like that out there, but Mm. I've built my career while working full-time in the insurance industry as an executive raising a family, attending law school classes in the evenings. And so I figured out some things on productivity. And so I want to put those together in a video and, and help some people out. So I'm working on that. And then I guess what to expect from me next, I'm continuing to do YouTube videos, continuing to get out there and speak. It's kind of nice to now that the 
pandemic seems to be yeah, in the rearview window. Yeah, we can actually out there speak again. It's crazy. I can get out there and speak. So I look forward to seeing some folks out there on the trails. But other than that, just continue to write the stories I love. Well, and to that end, I'm going to give you one opportunity here at the very end because I want people to be able to find you, your books, your speaking engagements, wherever they are. So go ahead and tell us where we can find Michael Laron, hashtags, videos, whatever you want to give us, or websites. Well, first first things first, if you're interested in my fiction, you can find that at michaellaron.com. That's just my name spelled out. And it's got links to all my fiction, my Rat Shifter series, all the other uh, urban fantasy series I've got cooking right now. And if you're interested in my YouTube channel and uh, the books for writers and advice that I give to writers, you can find that at authorlevelup.com. And that has all my videos, all my books, courses that I've done, the whole shebang. And look forward to engaging with you there. Yeah, we'll put the links in the show notes. So you guys be sure that you check out the show notes, both on the app that you're listening to this show and also on the website. You're going to see the show notes and the transcript of this video. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Another super helpful social media tool that helps you save time posting across all your accounts is Later.com. This app isn't just for video, though. You can create one social media post and in seconds have it posted across all your connected accounts. You schedule your content out weeks in advance to save more time and it connects all your favorite social media platforms to one place. Not only that, with Later.com's newest tools, you can even create your content right from within the app, type your captions with their AI software, and create your very own LinkedIn bio page to add to each of your account bios. Use the link in this week's show notes to access and start your free trial as soon as the show ends. Speaking of, let's get back to the end of the episode and wrap up this week's topic. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the Self-Publishing Success Podcast. Please be sure to follow this show, share it with your author friends, and most importantly, wherever possible, leave us a rating and a review. Your support will help this podcast and me continue teaching learning, helping, and supporting authors around the world how to successfully launch their books and their writing careers by becoming their own book boss. Find and follow us on every social media platform, except for Twitter, as you know, at BookBossOfficial. And be sure to check out my website, BookBossAcademy.com, to learn more about this podcast, as well as my author coaching and book editing services. Finally, shop for author templates, workbooks, and tutorials, and fun bookish apparel, stickers, and more by hitting the link in the show notes or by visiting etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash book boss academy. And remember, stop waiting for permission from others to pursue your writing dreams or for them to give you the key to your success. And instead, kick in the damn door, do it your damn self, and be your own book boss. Okay, folks, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the Self-Publishing Success Podcast. Thanks again to this week's amazing guest host, and be sure to follow them on their social media accounts, subscribe to their newsletter, and keep an eye out for their books. As always, thanks to our sponsors for making this show possible. This podcast is brought to you by Book Boss Academy, and your host is yours truly, author, coach, and book editor, Christina Kay. 
you can learn more about Book Boss Academy, my services, and my helpful resources for authors by visiting bookbossacademy.com. There, you can also find previous seasons and episodes of this podcast, access the show notes, and read our transcripts. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok at Book Boss Academy for daily free tips, tricks, and advice on writing your best book, self-publishing it successfully, and becoming your own book boss. I follow back and I answer all comments and messages within 24 hours. Last but not least, please be a dear and hit that subscribe button. Show us some love and make it easier to find our show and get notifications when new episodes drop each week. Until next week, later, love you, bye.